Welcome to The Hills Online. Now, let me just deal with something up front. I finished a teaching series on heaven in June, and I thought when I finished that teaching, it would be my last time to have to preach mainly to a camera. We thought by July 12th, we could have live services on our campuses. And as you know, we have had to change that plan because of the rising numbers of the virus cases in our state. I think we made the right decision, but we're all still a little disappointed. I think you would agree with me that the best news about July is that 2020 is half over, okay? I am so tired of the phrase unprecedented times. I would like some precedented times to come back. And yet, even as I say that, I recognize that God has been at work in our church and in the kingdom of God around the world in truly amazing ways. And for that, I'm really thankful. Now, Taylor Walling just finished an amazing series called Champion, boosted Luke 4 way up into my favorite chapter list, and that was powerful. And I want to begin a new teaching today, and I'm going to begin this way. Even though this is frustrating to me, I am not the first preacher that's had to deal with the frustration of isolation. The Apostle Paul, who was a church planner, who traveled all over his known world, spent not one but several seasons of his life where he was honestly in lockdown, where he was in quarantine, where he spent years in prison. And when his life came to a standstill, he discovered there is still life. So we're starting this new series, and I've called it Still Life. Now, uh, if you know anything about art, you know there's a genre that takes very ordinary inanimate objects, and it focuses on them to bring out their beauty and their grace and their depth and their wonder. Every day we walk past things that are absolutely stunning if we took a moment to reframe them and refocus on them. That's what we do when we're in lockdown. That's what we do when we're in quarantine. When life comes to a standstill, we remember there is still life that all around us there are things that we can rejoice in and find wonder in. And this is very important because when times are crazy, we need to think about what we think about. And when life comes to a standstill, we need to ask the question, what's still true. It's wise to get still and remember what we can still believe. Uh, for example, the psalmist in, in what we call Psalm 46 must have been in a time of turmoil because he talks about mountains crumbling and earthquakes shaking and, and seas roaring and surging. And yet in the midst of all of that, he drops in this beautiful line. Be still and know that I am God. And so, God hasn't gotten smaller just because our world has. In fact, Paul's world got smaller. He's locked down. He's in quarantine. He can't get out. He can't do the things he wants to do. He can't go to the places he wants to go to. And yet when his world got smaller, his Jesus got bigger. And so what he did and what we're going to look at these next four weeks, he wrote these letters from prison. 
he wrote Colossians. He wrote Ephesians. He wrote Philippians. He wrote Philemon. And in each letter, what we're going to do is we're going to find something that is still true, something that gives life, something that we can just walk past and not focus on unless we're intentional. And we're going to find when life comes to a standstill, there's still Life And what he says to the Colossian church is, is the foundation. It is so big, it is so huge, and it is so life-giving. And it's simply this. Jesus is still Lord. In 2020, in the midst of all the craziness, Jesus is still Lord. And for Paul, it's not enough just to affirm, yeah, well, he's going to be Lord someday. No, he's Lord every day. He's Lord this day. He's Lord this day that we don't like. He's Lord this day that we want to be over. He's Lord this day that is unprecedented. He is still Lord. And his faith couldn't be overthrown because he really did believe that all things were still under the throne of Jesus. And let me tell you something, that's still true. Now here's what's happened during this pandemic. Our idols have gotten exposed. And maybe that's been a good thing. And perhaps there's no idol we worship more in our culture than the idol of control. This idea that if we just plan and if we just uh, work at it hard enough, we can create the future we want. And that idol has been knocked over. It reminds me of the story of the DEA down in South Texas. He went to a farm and he said to the rancher there, I'm here to see if there's any illegal drugs growing on your land. The farmer said, that's great. You can go everywhere you want. Just don't get over that fence into that pasture over there. The DEA exploded. He pulled a badge out of his rear pocket and said, you see this badge? The federal government stands behind this badge. This badge says I can go wherever I want. I can go whenever I want. Do you understand me? Do you see this badge? Rancher says, Okay. A couple of minutes later, he heard screaming, looked over in that pasture, and there was a two-ton Brahma bull chasing that DEA agent. And the rancher went over there, show him your badge, show him your badge. <laughs> and that's what the pandemic has done. The pandemic has exposed the fact that we don't have nearly as much control and authority as we think we do. But here's how the enemy wants to work. He wants you to think the same way about Jesus. If he cannot get you to deny Jesus, he's going to try to get you to somehow subtly dethrone Jesus. And so when life comes to a standstill, we must still affirm the lordship of Jesus. It's the foundation for everything else. And the way Paul does it to the Colossian church is so cool and unique. He quotes a song. He uses subversive poetry. Uh, we're going to read in a moment Colossians 1, 15 through 20. And in your print Bible, you might notice often it's kind of set apart in a unique way. It's because it was one of the first Christian hymns. Preachers do this all the time. We love to quote great songs. And this is what Paul is doing. And so let's read this song that affirms the Lordship of Christ. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. 
He existed before anything else. And He holds all creation together. Christ is also the head of the church, which is His body. He is the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead. So He is first in everything. For God in all His fullness was pleased to live in Christ, and through Him God reconciled everything to Himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. Now that's a good song. That's a really, really good song. And it's still true. See, what we need to do when we're in a time where we just feel like life has just caved in on us, we need to review the resume of Jesus. And this song has three really cool verses. First, verse one, here's the big idea. That he is still maker of all. Go back and look at that verse with me. Through him God created everything. He made the things we can see, the things we can't see. Everything was created through him and for him. You get that? Nothing exists for its own sake. Everything exists to display the greatness of Christ and to make him known. He's still the maker of everything. There is not one square inch of this universe over which Christ does not declare mine. He is maker of all. Do you know, they still sing about this in heaven. It's a big popular song in the heavenlies that celebrates this truth. Look at Revelation 4. This is what John saw. You are worthy, O Lord our God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things. And they exist because you created what you pleased. See, creation reminds us that Jesus is still in charge. You remember the book of Job. Now, Job was in a tough season too. You talk about a 2020. He was in a 2020 year. And he's upset with it. And he wrestles with the Lord with it. And at the end of that book, God comes and talks to Job. And what does God do? God appeals to his creation. And he says to Job, are you the one to put the great beast in the sea? The, the, the animals on the plain, did you make them? The lightning and the cloud formations, did you do that? All the stars, did you make them? And basically what God says to Job is, when you can make a universe, you can dictate how it ought to be run. There is something about creation that is calling us to bow before God. That He is the source of creation. In fact, He's the glue of creation. It says that Jesus is holding all things together. And you might be thinking, well, he's not doing a very good job, really. How do you think he'd be going if he wasn't holding it together? The creation is beckoning us to remember that Jesus is Lord. One of the great things about these last few months, my wife and I, we have taken more walks than we have taken in the first 30-something years of our marriage And we've just noticed the cardinals and the blue jays and the squirrels and the cloud formations and all the beautiful flowers and trees that God has put in this part of our world. And it has called our hearts and tugged on our spirits to, in the midst of this season, have a calm and a stilled faith because Jesus is still Lord. He's got the whole world in his hands. That's verse 1. He's still the maker of all. Verse 2, he's still the ruler of all. 
He's the ruler of thrones and kingdoms and authorities in the unseen world. There is no sphere of existence over which Jesus is not sovereign. Angels right now are bowing to King Jesus. Demons know he is still Lord you saw that in, in Taylor's series, and I love that. That You ever find one time in the Gospels that demons talk back to Jesus? You ever find one time where a demon ever says to Jesus, you can't make me? Demons obey Lord Jesus. It says he's also the head of the church. We need to remember that right now. In this season when church doesn't feel like it's always felt, in this season where many are worried about the future, I am not worried about the future of the church because I know who owns the church. He is still the Lord of His church. And as long as He's the head of the church, the body has a future. Even the grave answers to Jesus. You've heard me say before, I like to try to copy my ministry after Jesus. There's many things I want to do like Jesus. There is one thing about my ministry I have never done like Jesus, and that's eulogies. Whenever Jesus saw someone that was dead, he would just say, get up! That was over. The funeral was over. I don't have that sermon, okay? But death answers to Jesus. And that means my future resurrection is guaranteed. And what does Paul say about all this? We'll look again at verse 18. So he is first in everything. Angels, demon, church, death. He has no equal. He has no rival. He's not first among equals. He is first and there are no equals. He's not just Lord. When he came out of that tomb, he declared himself Lord of lords. He is still ruler of all. And this is still good news. Especially when life comes to a standstill. So I, I would turn your attention to Acts chapter 4. And the, the, the early Christians have been told for the first time by the people in power, you stop the Jesus talk or your life is about to get hard. We're about to put you in lockdown and we don't mean shelter in place. And look what they did. They didn't pick it. They didn't post on Facebook, but they had prayer time. It says, when they heard the report, all the believers lifted their voices together in prayer to God. Now watch how they start this prayer. O sovereign Lord, creator of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them. What are the very first two things they declare when their life is in a tough place? when their life is about to be shut down, when they're told they can't be who they're called to be, the very two things they declare, you are sovereign and you made everything. Now, if you really do believe that, that he's still the maker of all and he's still the ruler of all, then how do you pray? Well, let's look. And now, O oh Lord, hear their threats and give us your servants great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. You know what they said. You're the creator and you are the sovereign king. So give us power to keep doing what got us in trouble in the first place. Because Jesus is still Lord. 
Sometimes you just got to review the resume of Jesus. We got to interpret everything going on around us through the lens of who is above us. And that means there's still hope because Jesus is still the Savior of all. Listen to verse 3. Through him, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. Now, let's be clear. Universal reconciliation doesn't mean universal salvation. Not all will be saved, but all can be. All can be. And all who are saved are going to have this in common. They have peace with God because they have put their hope in Jesus' blood and in His righteousness. Through Him, God has reconciled everything to Himself. Now, I'm talking to someone right now, and you're in a home, you're in an apartment, uh, you're in a hotel room, uh, you're taking a walk in the park right now, and you're thinking, you're not talking to me. You, you don't know what I did. Here's what I know. It says God reconciled everything. It says He made peace with everything. Now, I looked up the word everything in the Greek. You know what it means? It means everything. So here's what I know. I don't know what your anything is that you did, but your anything comes under His everything. Your anything that you've done comes under the everything of Lord Jesus. His blood can save anyone, anywhere, at any time. I'm talking to someone right now, and you need to let us know that you need Jesus. You need to contact that church. You need to reach out. You need to say that prayer for the first time and get on your knees and say, Lord Jesus, I give you my anything. I want to come under your everything. This is a day for somebody to get saved in the name of Jesus. And I want you to understand how cosmic the work of the cross is. Because Paul isn't just saying he can save anybody. He's saying he's going to save everything. He's going to restore everything. Because Jesus is still Lord. We believe a day is coming when there aren't going to be any more pandemics. There's not going to be any more cancer wards. There's not going to be any more cemeteries. There's not going to be any more racial hatred or injustice. There's not going to be any more hate or war or death. Everything that sin has fractured and marred is going to be made right because of what God has done through Jesus Christ. Look with me at Ephesians 1. Paul says, at the right time, he will bring, I want you right up there in your home to say this word out loud with me. What's that word say? Everything. He will bring everything together under the authority of Christ. Everything in heaven and on earth. That is still the plan and it's still going to happen because Jesus is still Lord. So one of the thrills of my early preaching life was to hear Dr. E.V. Hill, great preacher and pastor from California. That man could preach a paint off the wall. And one of my favorite stories, he went to Denver back in the Promise Keeper movement of the 90s. 
Mile High Stadium, 70,000 men gathered. And he got interviewed by a local journalist. And he said, and the journalist asked Dr. Hill, now, now what are you guys going to do? 70,000 men in Mile High Stadium for two days. And Dr. Hill says, we're going to talk about Jesus. <laughs> and the reporter said, is that all? And later Dr. Hill was recounting that and he chuckled and said, he just didn't know how much that is. Listen, it's always a good idea to review the resume of Jesus. He is the maker, the ruler, and the savior of all because Jesus is still Lord. And you don't just say that when it's a good day. You say that every day. You say that this day, this year, when we're going through what we want to be over. Is he Lord right now? That's the real question. And it's hard right now. And, and that's why I believe every struggle needs a soundtrack. Every struggle needs a song it can go back to and just hit repeat and play over and over to remind you what's still true. One of the things we've been doing on our walks is, is uh, Jamie especially. She loves the sound of the birds. In fact, she does a pretty good cardinal imitation. You should ask her sometime. And I remember an article I read several years ago. There's, there's thousands of species of animals that love to sing. Humpback whales and dolphins and all kinds of birds and some monkeys. Here's the thing. They all either live in the trees or in the air or they live in the water. Like we can't find any animal species that lives on the land that likes to sing. Here's why. Because when you sing, you call attention to yourself. You don't sing. Unless there's a confidence about your safety. If there's a confidence about your future. And this is one of the reasons God has given the church the beauty and the wonder and the, the strength of music. Music announces in a very tough and hard place to say, we know what we still believe is true and we are confident in our future. When life comes to a standstill, we remember what's still true. And one way we remember what's still true is to sing. Because worship still helps. In worship, we don't just give Jesus a place. In worship, we give Jesus first place. And here's the thing. We can worship any place. Even in quarantine. Now, I miss coming to our buildings. I miss seeing everybody. I miss the great symphony of praise we lift up. But here's the great thing. We don't have to be in any special place to praise Jesus. Anywhere, at any time, we can sing our songs. And it's simply not true that it only helps to worship when we feel like it. Worship helps us, especially when we don't feel like it. Because every time we worship, Jesus is exalted. And wherever Jesus is exalted, Satan is expelled. A couple of years ago, I got an email from one of our uh, young sisters in our church. And it blessed me so much, I saved it. And she wrote, I just wanted to say thank you for speaking God's truth to us in your sermon about worship. I had just done a teaching on how worshiping regularly is one of our steps we believe disciples should take. And she said, on a personal level, I believe that sermon has been one of those sermons that will permanently change my course. My husband and I are struggling to have children. 
Our story is definitely not as difficult as other trials have been, and I know that, but it's still very difficult to pray for something you think is a good thing and within God's will and that God has given you a desire for and not to get it. I've been struggling with not being angry with God. And the way that's mostly shown up has been in my worship. I haven't wanted to sing. And I've been telling myself that God can handle my anger and I don't have to sing. And I don't think he can't handle my anger, but your sermon helped me remember why we worship and why we come to church. I'm worshiping when I drive and singing words I don't always believe fully at that moment. But just singing them helps me refocus on what is really important and who is really in control. I just think it was so powerful. Here's Paul, and he's in prison, and he's in lockdown, and he can't be where he wants to be, and he can't do everything he wants to do. And you know what he does? He writes this letter and says, let's remember that Jesus is still Lord, and he quotes a song. And later in that same letter, here's what he says. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms and hymns And songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. All should be done in the name of the Lord. And how do we do all in the name of the Lord? We do it in the power of the Spirit. And what releases the power of the Spirit? Paul says, sing a good song. Just keep praising Jesus. When you feel like it, when you don't feel like it, you put him in first place. And I thought, well, why don't we just do that? You know, someday every knee is going to bow and the whole universe is going to declare his lordship. Why do we wait for that day? Let's do it today. Let's do it right now. Let's do it where you are. This is going to feel a little awkward to you. I know you're sitting there on your couch. You got the Doritos beside you. You're just waiting to put on something else on the TV. I get all that. I I know it's awkward sometimes to worship with your family around. It's awkward to worship by yourself. But I'm just saying, this is what Paul did. From prison, he went to a song. And So I I want you to stand up wherever you are. I want you to stand up in your home. I want you to stand up in your apartment. I want you to stop for a moment in your park. I want you to stand up. And what we're going to do right now is we're going to have... A song. And I want you to sing it out loud. I know that it's hard sometimes to to, uh, sing out loud when you are uh, alone, to sing out loud when you're in a small group, to sing out loud when you're maybe just with your kids or your family. But I'm saying to you, there is something powerful. There's something that releases the spirit in our lives when we declare to the seen and to the unseen world. That Jesus is still Lord. And so I'm going to pray. And as soon as I'm through, we're going to sing together. And so, Father, in the powerful name of Jesus, we lift up this teaching in this moment. And we declare to every being, seen and unseen, that can hear these words, that there is no other name like the name of Jesus. And we have put our hope in nothing else but His blood and His righteousness. And we declare... With the fruit of our lips, Jesus is Lord. So, Lord Jesus, receive 
our praise and fill us with your spirit so that we can do whatever we do in the name of our living Lord. And amen. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. At the name of Jesus, every tongue confess. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Every knee shall bow at His name. He is the wonderful Counselor. He is the mighty God. He is the everlasting Father. He is the Prince of Peace. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. At the name of Jesus, every tongue confess. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Every knee shall bow at His name. There is no other name. No name by which we're saved. There is no other name but Jesus. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. At the name of Jesus, every tongue confess. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Every knee shall bow at His name. There is no other name, no name by which we're saved. There is no other name but Jesus. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. At the name of Jesus, every tongue confess. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, every knee shall bow at His name. Every knee shall bow at His name. Every knee shall bow at His name.